I think the Rangers and their best interest is to lose to Carolina. Oh, I believe. God. Yeah, shut up, Steve. I think <laughs> that 12 and a half, that 12 and a half percent chance. Uh, you, you get your turn next. I'm speaking. That 12 and a half percent chance to get Alexis Lafreniere. And you want to talk about a franchise changer. If the Rangers can have this roster a year older with Lafreniere, you, you're, you are in a different category of team. Live. Live. Live from This is the Just End the Suffering Podcast. For the win. Got it! Oh! He broke his head. Follow me. Follow me to freedom. Here's your host, Mike Phillips. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the latest episode of the Just End the Suffering Podcast, featuring your sports talk from Long Suffering Fan. It's a bit of a bonus episode. Our regular scheduled uh, appearance of the baseball beat. We waited a little bit because the St. Louis Cardinals can't get their act together with COVID. We want to talk about the whole league. So we'll see what happens to them when we get there on Thursday. But before we do that, we do have some hockey to discuss. Join me today, as he always does, and have the New York Rangers discuss in this podcast, the man whose voice you guys heard in the intro, Pete Considori. Pete, welcome. How are you? Yeah, you know, doing great. Some great hockey news coming out today. Indeed, and I will say another great episode of Holy Moly on Thursday. Oh, yeah. Oh, 100%. And also joining me today, the guy who you just heard before the intro make the call of the century. I'm not going to call him Joe Serdamas, the great Joe Chaffee. Joe, how are you? I'm not in a bad mood tonight. I got to be honest. <laughs> it's, it's very hard for me not to be smiling right now. You were, Can we just say that I know it's maybe not uh, overly intensive here, but is 2020 the greatest year in Rangers history already? Well, that's a very hot take. I will put I'll put that out there. But for those who have been living under a rock for the past uh, couple hours, we were recording on Monday night, and there has been some breaking news in the NHL. The prophecy of Joe Chaffee has come true. The Rangers lost in the first round of Carolina and won the number one overall pick. So that means Alexis Lafreniere will be a New York Ranger next year. Pete, your reaction to all this? Yeah, yeah. First of all, what the <laughs> just happened? <laughs> like, like, can we just take a step back and just just think about this for a minute? There was however many ping pong balls in there, and we're sitting hey, there like hey, waiting hey. for the there was eight ping pong balls in there. We're waiting for the power ball to hit, and you're like, nah, I can't be the Rangers. It's probably going to be Pittsburgh. You know how they are. They keep getting first round, you know, first overall picks. And, oh, maybe it's Toronto. Hell, maybe it's Minnesota. They've been in this, like, weird limbo where they're, like, not good enough to win, but not bad enough to not make the playoffs, you know, for 10 years straight or whatever it is. Or not straight, but you know what I mean. And the Rangers come up. I'm, t- I'm telling you something. I was so excited the power went out in my house. It was like, Lord giveth, Lord taketh away. It was like, the Rangers are going to get the top pick, and then just the power just shut down. And I was like, I'll wait. take the pick for the power, Pete. No, nah, listen, it was a great three hours with no power. I'm going to be honest with you. It was amazing. I was like, oh, like nothing can bother me right now. Yeah. So, so, like you said, Mike, Joe's prophecy, which I'll be honest, at first I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever, like 12%. You know, I'm not going to hold my breath. And, and, and Steve was even more against it on me. Joe's prophecy comes true and i just have one question for joe joe am i going to be a millionaire you know soon in life like do you know that for me too like give us a little reading here uh, I, all i know is that today's a great day for the new york fans and for i know steve colso um opted not to join us today but as i told him 
and many other Ranger friends that called me crazy, you're not allowed to root for them, ever, ever. You, if you had it your way, would be playing the Boston Bruins tomorrow night. Therefore, you cannot root. You need to slam the table every time Alexis Lafreniere scores. You can't be happy. You cannot <laughs> smile. You cannot chant the golf song. You didn't want him. You don't get to enjoy him. I will also say, to, to Joe's point, when this first happened, when I, I thought things started freaky, because in the extended version of this clip, you also said the Rangers should start Henrik Lundqvist in goal to get better their odds of it. That ends up happening because Igor Shesterkin gets hurt before the series starts. But then that happens. You were close on that one. I'll give you the points that yeah. you did say it should start Hank, and they didn't start Hank. And when the I see the Twitter update, I even had, I forgot the lottery was on this early. I thought it was seven, so I'm sitting here watch, scrolling to where I see it comes up. My immediate reaction, I'm sitting there going, "What the hell's going on out here?" I'm like, <laughs> "Like what happened here?" Like all of a sudden, I'm sitting here. This is the first time since 1965 the Rangers had the top pick in the NHL draft, and they used their pick in 1965 on a guy named. Andre Vio, who never ended up playing a game in the NHL, so hopefully this one goes a lot better. I, I think it will. I, I, I'm a hunch. I'll take the over on that. Yeah, so, Pete, thinking about this. Now, the Rangers last year get some lottery luck. They get Capo Caco in the, the number two overall. They sign Artemi Panarin. Now they're going to have Alexis Lafreniere. Also, that's a massive boost of scoring potential to the wing for them. Yeah, so so let's t- let's take this uh, at a standpoint of looking at other teams, right? When, when you looked at the Pittsburgh Penguins when when Phil Kessel was on the team, you had Sidney Crosby, you had Phil Kessel, and you had Evgeny Malkin. In a few years, which I'm sure we're going to make moves to make sure we keep a lot of top players, and we'll have to deal some others just to make sure that we're we're paying these guys. In a few years, if this all works out, we have Panarin. Mika Zibanejad, Capo Caco, and Lafreniere. We have four. So if we can keep those four rolling, and if we can keep those four firing on all cylinders and everything works out, imagine that kind of, just just from the success of a team, you know, and Igor Krzyzewskiyan in the back end, you know, you want to compare to Matt Murray, but just think about the success the Pittsburgh Penguins had. Imagine the success that the Rangers will have as long as they have a good system behind them. No, but Pete, wouldn't you rather be playing the Bruins tomorrow night? <laughs> listen, <laughs> listen. I I admitted I was wrong, but I also did see your point. I wasn't one of those guys that was like, yeah. ah, you're completely wrong. No, you, you, you look, you, you had a point, and that's why I changed my stance probably halfway through that podcast. It, it, at the end of the day, like I said at the end of that podcast, it's, if you win, you better go all the way. If you don't, we, you know, this is this is what we're going for, Lafreniere. You're completely right. I mean, I you you hit the nail on the head completely with everything. The series. The, the, the one out of eight chance to get this guy. I mean, it, it was incredible. It was an incredible. I'm, I'm not. I'm going to say this: the New York Rangers are closer to a Stanley Cup right now than they were if they had beaten the Carolina Hurricanes. Oh, no question about yeah. it. I also, I want to point out also that the Toronto Maple Leafs may be the most cursed franchise in the NHL right now because not only do they <laughs> have the epic comeback in Game Four, only to break their fans' hearts again in Game Five and lose in the playing round. I don't know if you saw the close of the video. The Maple Leaf ball was circling the bottom of that drain to go up yep. the chute. Doesn't go up there. Like like John Tavares missing the net on the open on the uh, wide open uh, net in Game Five. Like that happens. And the Rangers ball shoots to the top. Another tar- day of torch for the Maple Leafs. And, and I gotta say, speaking of Toronto, they might be the most 
interesting offseason to watch this year. Yeah. Because, because between losing to the Boston Bruins in back-to-back years in Game 7, to losing this year and essentially another elimination game in the Game 5, um, this is now another failure for that group. And, you know, Tyson Barry's going to be gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- th- that that defensive core is, I mean, I- I'm not going to say the Rangers are a defensive dynamo by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, but at least we have things coming. So we have Keandre Miller. We have Neil Blomquist. We have Matthew Robertson. Um, uh, Zach Jones. The, the Maple Leafs really only have Rasmus Sundin and Timothy Lilligren on the way. And they're going to have to break up that four. I know they're going to have to. Yeah, the Maple Leafs their own set of problems, but let's stick with the Rangers here right now. I do think now we've obviously we saw them against the Hurricanes. They did not win a game. We saw that they were going up against a much better team. Adding Lafreniere helps. Pete going out of that series was the biggest thing you're concerned about with this team to help them make that next leap forward. From we got in the playoffs, we. Got, took advantage of the system. We're a little lucky too. This is a team that should be contending. I, I think the biggest concern of mine is attitude. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think the Rangers have a bad attitude, but it, it just didn't seem like they showed up for the for the game. Now I don't know if it's because they had the same thought as Joe did in their back of the mind, say, "Look, if we're not gonna, we're not, if we get past Carolina, we're not getting past the Boston Bruins or the Flyers of the world right now of the league." So, so maybe you know, we we try to take this as a learning experience and not. I don't want to say tank, but maybe they didn't take it as seriously as they probably should have if you really were trying to get a cup, right? Um, it definitely gave a lot of the young players experience. I mean, Capo Caco arguably was the best player on the Rangers for that three games that they got swept. Um, so that was definitely promising to see. But I think the attitude in the room has to be, look, we got rewarded even though we lost and on paper we're a better team. Let's take advantage of this now. Let's not be on our heels and let's not – say well we got Lafreniere now we, we we got everything we got Panarin we everyone needs to be working down to the fourth line fourth lines win cups you, you, everyone on that team's got to be grinding hard and playing every single game like they want to be there and I think the Rangers and David Quinn can can um can make that really a, a possibility especially with a good leader in the room um you know possibly a captain this next coming season that can take control too as well that could be a, a nice leader in the room maybe Mika Zibanejad someone who's vocal saying, hey, let's not be on our heels right now, even if it's up or whatever. So I think attitude is going to be um, the, the main, I don't want to say issue, but the main thing to look at because on paper they have the talent, they have the speed, they have the grit. So, Joe, how about you? What was your big takeaway out, out of that series from what we saw on the ice in the three games? I'm going to agree with Pete. I, I think Capo Caco was by far the best ranger on the ice. Um, I thought Jacob Struble also had a really nice series. I know he had the turnover to Aho that turned into the Tony D'Angelo goal. Um, but I thought Trouba had a good series. Uh, I, Taco really, really was impressive. You can see he's more assertive. He's more confident. He just looked like a different player. Um, and I think part of that is also just him getting some rest. He played so much for the World Juniors, going right to Rangers training camp, to Traverse City. You know, he didn't stop playing. Um, so to give him a little bit of time, a little bit of break, um, to me, the biggest surprise was the no-show from Zibanejad and Panarin. I know Panarin had the goal, but they really were just kind of there. And But like, it's hard to really take stock in this playoff because 
I mean, we don't know what these guys are doing. It's really not, you know, being home for all that time is not, it's not easy to go to the gym. Working out in your home is not the same as working right. out at the gym. So, you know, to me, I'm not drawing any conclusions from those three games. If Taco looked great. I thought Kluber looked better. He's a little more physical. He's throwing the body around. I love to see that. Um, I will say, I don't think Henrik Lundqvist looked particularly great. Um, and I, I think the biggest question now for the Rangers is now that we have this pick, um, that's, no, I don't even say problem, but that's the first uh, checklist of Jeff Gordon's offseason is Henrik Lundqvist coming back next season needs to be the next conversation. Because before we can talk to Tony D'Angelo and Ryan Strom or Jesper Foss and Alexander Georgiev, you need to know if you have $8.5 million to work with or not. Yeah, speaking of the range with the Lundqvist situation here, obviously the cap going like caps flattening basically because of the uh, loss of revenue from the COVID pandemic obviously hurts them big time because they made that prior extension figuring, okay, the caps, they keep going up, 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 up. We'll afford who we can afford. Now they don't have that. And all of a sudden, like, the notion of, I I think you guys would probably agree. I think they were probably going to buy out Hank at, at the end of the season if the cap had been going up. But that's not an option anymore. You can't buy him out. You can't buy out Mark Stahl. You have to just sort of live with their money. And then that sort of limits what you can do if they're all, all going to come back another year. Right. And I think that's, that's what Ranger fans need to understand about next season. Um, let's just say Lundquist decides to not retire. Let's say Hank's going to play on my last year. Next season is going to be exciting. Next year should be a playoff team, but that Stanley Cup push will not come until Mark Stahl and Brendan Smith and Henrik Lundquist are off this roster. So mm-hmm. I, I think the biggest thing for Ranger fans now kind of like what happened at the beginning of this season where you, you saw Jacob Truba or Tommy Panera and Capo Taco. You get so excited, but you still got to say, this is still the youngest team in the National Hockey League. I think they have added another, I mean, dynamic young forward to the lineup, but the keyword is young. They're still going to be so young that don't rush this. I know it's going to be enticing to say, no, Next year, Rangers, though, upset pick of the year. Not yet. The, the, the back end still has some work to do. Um, Lundquist is you know, still a big question mark. I really think we are two or three years away. But once we get to that point, the league's going to be put on notice because I, I think this is now a team that can win multiple Stanley Cups, not just one. Yeah, also one thing with the money I also want to throw in there as well, Pete, is that the – Kevin Shattenkirk buyout also drops from 6-5, I think, next year to 1-1 one, one in the following years. That's another huge chunk of change you're going to be saving once that happens. That, that That's a huge help. I mean, I, I think I think that's a huge help. Um, you know, it, I've, been, I've been saying for a while that as much as I love Mark Stahl, his time has kind of, like, come and gone. Uh, you know, a lot of Ranger fans give me a little slack for that because Stahl's been, you know, with us forever. Um he does pose a problem, right? And, you know, we're talking about these in the last years of these guys' contracts. I, I wonder I wonder what happens once their contracts end, right? I don't think we're picking up an option for Mark Stoll again. I think we're letting him go. Brendan Smith, he's just he has no room on the roster. As much as you love him or not, he just, for, for what he's doing, there's just no room on the roster. Longquist, you know, I can see them saying, look, you know, we, you know, like Joe was saying, I don't think it's a cup next year, but in a few years, I definitely can see a cup contention. 
I could see Jeff Gordon going, look, we, we need to, we want you to stay, but we need to get you back up money because we need to sign all these guys, right? We got to sign Kako. We got to sign if Kratzoff is good. We got to sign Kratzoff. If Lafreniere um, works out, we got to sign him. We got to keep this quote unquote, and I, and I hope not jump the gun here, dynasty because they're so young together, right? With the help of veterans like Panarin, Zabanjad, Kreider, even you can call a veteran at this point with still a lot of years on the contract. You got to end to, you know, even sign Chesterkin, you got to tell Lundqvist, look, we want you to be a Ranger. This is your chance to get a cup. Will you take, you know, a million two? You know, as much as it sounds really disrespectful, the guy made his money. He's not really playing at really great numbers. He can come in as a clutch performer when needed, but Chesterkin is the future. And if Lundqvist is any type of team player, which I know he is, he probably would take something like that to make sure that the team can thrive later on. Um, and to build off Joe's point, this is a team that if everything clicks and if David Quinn can find a system that the team can buy in, I have no problem comparing them to maybe a Chicago Blackhawks situation where you have a couple of cups in three years or four years. I mean, I, you know, again, we're talking about Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves, who are otherworldly, but, you know, we have Panarin, we have Zibanej at it. Lafreniere and Capococco really, like, thrive and build. This is going to be a team that you have to respect. The New York Rangers organization has been respected because it's a New York franchise. Not so much... Um, lately with, you know, oh, we're in a rebuild. But I think once we get this talent, they're going to be in a conversation a lot throughout the season saying, hey, these guys are rolling and they're not stopping. And, and I'm going to piggyback off of you there, but you piggyback off me. I'll piggyback off of you, Mike, and I don't mean to interrupt you. Um, but the Rangers have never had this. If you look at the Rangers franchise history, Brian Leach is our best player. Not to say Brian Leach is anything, but for an original six team, we've never had that dynamic best player in the league player ever. And even if you want to go to the 94 team, it was much better. You know, they traded away Tony Amante. They brought in all that. There's a veteran team that won the cup. This is going to be the first time really ever that the Rangers have an opportunity to build a dynasty team. And for a team that's been around since 1926, it's pretty staggering to think about. Yeah, I think also with this team, a couple of things I also am intrigued by. This obviously, I think they have a lot of, it's like you said, not going to the cup next year, but they have a lot of pieces they have to figure out what to do with this offseason to figure out what they need to do to help boost their chances a little more. But I think, obviously, I think the, Ryan Strong, Tony D'Angelo decision is important because I, I think, like Joe said, they're probably going to lean towards D'Angelo. He mentions the last podcast is because defensive score 50, 60 points in a season are very rare. So if you have one, you might as well keep him. But losing Ryan Strong, Pete, I mean, that they, that team, this team is already not very strong down the middle. That's something I feel they need to find a way to bolster somehow. Well, well, I'll, I'll tell you what. Just to, just to talk about the blue line a little bit, I think the Rangers this year have the highest scoring blue line in, in the league. I think I saw that correctly. I could I could be wrong, so if someone knows otherwise, please correct me. But I think the Rangers had the highest scoring blue line. Um, I think you keep D'Angelo. I'm, I'm not too particularly worried about losing a guy in Strom, um, only because we can trade him for value, right? Um, it, it looks like Jesper Fosk may not be one of the guys who sticks around either, and he's a really good player for us and a well-loved player and, you know, all-around good guy kind of alert, right? But when you have guys like Vitaly Kratzwa, because I feel like he, he doesn't get, and I mentioned him before, but I feel like everyone forgets 
Like he was a pick that, that Jeff Gordon kind of reached for. Everyone was thinking that we were going for like Wallstrom, but, but he reached for Kratzkoff. So obviously he saw something in this kid. Now, obviously he's been back and forth between the minor league circuit, um, loaning to uh, the Russian national team, I believe, or one of the Russian pro pro teams um, and back and forth. He may get his shot. He may get his shot. And we also have a lot of depth on the blue line as well, just in case we have to make a play to move D'Angelo, where I'm really not that concerned. As much as I want to keep him because I think a high-scoring blue line will be great for the Rangers' success in their system, we have Keandre Miller coming up the ranks. Libor Hayek really hasn't seen much time, even though he's a strong player. We could probably get move D'Angelo for a strong you know, middle for not D'Angelo Price. Right. I'm not, you know, I'm not looking for, you know, the Austin Matthews of the world, but like you can, you can get a strong guy up the middle, even if it's a veteran, just to have him for a few years for D'Angelo offload that price so you can pay a lot for year and, and give a guy like a, you know, end of career contract. So I'm not that concerned. Jeff Gordon has made some good moves, but because I piggyback off Joe's and Joe piggyback off my idea, I'm going to piggyback him again. The Rangers have always been this like veteran team, right? The Rangers always have this reputation of their winning teams are guys who have won before, right? Marty St. Louis, Dan Boyle came from Tampa Bay. We went to the Stanley Cup final, right? That didn't work out for us because you're going against the red hot LA Kings at the time. I mean, the Kings are down, what, three games to nothing in the first round of the playoffs and came back to win. Um, yep. So they were red hot. Um, this is one of the first times in history, especially for our generation, even my father, my father's generation, where you could say, okay, we're going to build from the ground up, and these guys are going to be with us 10, 15 years, hopefully. And, and and that's something you can't mess up. Jeff Gordon's really got to hone in and go, look, as much as we want to keep Lundqvist or we want to keep D'Angelo or we want to keep Strom, I think the the rookies and the prospects that we're getting are a lot more important right now because you have all really good guys locked up for a long time already. So now you got to start looking at pieces that you can move. And if that means Stroman, both Stroman and D'Angelo have to go for some sort of value up the middle, then that's what we have to do. Joe. I'm going to put on the Joe Shadamas out one more time here. Okay. I think the guy that's going to get moved is probably Bushevich. I think mm-hmm. if you look at the complexion of the top six moving forward, it's Panarin, it's Kako, it's Kreider, and it's Lafreniere. And Bushevich is a guy that's going to be due to get paid pretty soon. He's making 3.2 now. I think Butnavich is the odd man out here. And I think, again, it's not a knock on him, uh, but he's just not Alexis Lafreniere. And he's a guy that has a lot of value. If you wanted to move move on from Ryan Strom, per se, you can get a better center than Ryan Strom for Pavel Butnavich. Maybe not straight up. But if you wanted to attach a second-round pick, a third-round pick, if the Rangers want to get crazy and through, attach their other first-round pick. And the, the, the name to me, and I'm going to go New York making the big swing. There's a guy in Buffalo that has a really good relationship with David Quinn and is very unhappy playing in Buffalo. And his name is Jack Eichel. And... If the Rangers can find a way, I mean, if, if the Rangers really had to part with, say, let's say Kratzoff, let's say two first-rounders, 
Pavel Buchnevich, and even if you want to give them Ryan Strom also. It's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. And I I don't I don't know if Jeff Gordon's gonna swing for the fences now, but you know Eichel is unhappy right now in Buffalo. And that's another guy that the Rangers have enough prospects and picks and pieces to put together a really compelling trade package. I don't know if that doesn't happen. Pete, what do you think about that? No, I, I it, it's funny. Me and Joe were talking about this, uh, I don't know, about a week ago about Eichel. I, I think you let him simmer, too. Like, So he just said, like, oh, he's not happy, but I don't know if Jeff Gordon's going to strengthen defenses. Now, the beauty about this is that in a year, we don't have to worry about a Lundquist, a Stahl, or a Smith contract, right? Nope. As much as you want to try to keep Lundquist, you don't have to at least worry about a Stahl and a Smith contract, all right? Shattenkirk's contract is gone, even though this year is, is, a, is, a, is a gift of one, only 1.1, 1. 1, right? If you can let it simmer and let Jack Eichel really see what's going on in Buffalo and it's like another year of disappointment, let's say they don't do well next year, you could probably get Jack Eichel for a cheaper price. And what I mean by that is that he's going to be so fed up, he's going to be like, get rid of me. These are the teams I want to go to. And he's probably going to put the New York Rangers on there because of the talent we have. And we may be able to get him for a discount. Not so much contract-wise, maybe contract-wise, but but trade-wise. If, if things go bad in Buffalo? If. <laughs> well, look, look, anything can happen in the NHL, right? Buffalo has this bad reputation of, of just just unorganization. I mean, let's be honest with, with ourselves. I mean, if they were a more organized um, team and they were like, look, we, these are the, these are the skills that we need to work on. We need to, you know, if the GM was making more power, you know, power moves, they, they'd be in a better spot. Who knows what happens next season? Maybe they get a taste of the playoffs. Michael's like, okay, the, 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 this is actually paying off. All this work that we're doing is paying off and he may stay. But if, if let's say they just miss the playoffs or if they come in one of the dead last teams again, I can see Eichel going, no, no, you, you got to get rid of me. I can't do this anymore. I'm too good for this. I mean, Eichel had a problem with their first coach when he first came in. They switched coaches. Now it's just an organization thing where I think he, he wants out at some point because he knows he can win somewhere else. Um, and, and even so, we can probably package Georgiev in with a Buffalo deal and make it even cheaper, right? We can probably yeah. not get rid of Strom and say, hey, look, your goaltending is subpar. How about Georgiev, two second-round picks, and Bushnevich for Eichel? Maybe even some cash. I mean, you know, depending on what we have. Because don't forget, we have room to work with. Kako's got a two, two more years on his entry level. Lafreniere is going to have three years on his entry level next year. So we have some room to work with it and figure out the logistics and have Eichel sit or give cash if we need to or give away better players so that we can make this kind of big group of just talent. Yeah, while you guys are talking about this, I did look up Jack Eichel's contract. He had, He's in the middle of an eight-year, $80 million extension with the Buffalo Sabres in the second year of that deal. So right now, there's six more years at $10 million on the cap with that. So you have to get creative with the money to make that work. But as you said, that might be something you could think about next year after all that money from the other guys comes off. Well, Mike, I'm going to make the case. Here's how you can make that work right now. Um, he makes 10. Um, the Rangers right now have about $14 million in cap space. I believe. That's about right. David just threw- Ustavich is three, um, so that's a little bit. Georgiev is one. That's another 
that's four. Um, and then you honest, even if you don't trade Strom, if you get Eichel, you're not re-signing Strom. So out of that fourteen million, you know, I let's let's just say Georgiev, Buchnevich, and picks and prospects and nothing else in the salary. That's you know, uh, four going out, ten coming in, so that's six million. So fourteen minus six is eight. Do you have eight million dollars to sign D'Angelo? You can do it. So I don't think. The money, that, and especially if Lundquist retires. If Lundquist retires, it's, it's an easy swap. No, Lundquist plus Lutnevich is Eichel, um, plus more. Um, I think you can make that work this offseason. If you're going to be financially cap-strapped for just one year, because another thing, you're going to have, like we said, Eichel entry-level, Kako entry-level, Keandre Miller's at the entry-level. You're going to have a lot of entry-level contracts for a while. Um, so... I think if they wanted to swing for the fences, and you want, we got Lafreniere, Eichel's unhappy right now, let's go for it. I think they can make it work. Definitely interesting play because, like, obviously, if you get an Eichel in here, your top oh, six God. is set for about a decade if you have play the cap right. That is just figuring out your bottom two lines and getting your, your blue line worked out, and then you could have something very scary on your hands. And you also have, again, you have Garcia, you have Morgan Barron, you have you have Brendan Lemieux, you have guys. And they just signed a kid, Justin Richards, out of Minnesota that, you know, defensively is supposed to be a wizard. I mean, they have some bottom six guys in the pipeline as well, which I think Gordon doesn't get enough credit for. Not only has he gone out at the top, setting Garcia, signing the Palo Tree agents, bringing in Brendan Lemieux last year. He has built a team top to bottom, and... If the Rangers want to swing for the fences and just put the cherry on top, call Buffalo out because there's a new GM in town, Botterell's out. If you want to wipe the slate clean, get rid of that $10 million, just start over for the 18th time in Buffalo in the past 18 years. Uh, I mean, you know Eichel's going to want to come here to just win, and the Rangers have the prospect capital and the draft capital to make and the young talent capital, they got. Can I, can I, sorry, Joe. If you have the part with Philip Beatle get Jack Michael, done. Sorry, you got No, yeah, so, so can I, can I just, I was just thinking about this because another team that will have, that has this issue right now is, is the, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Right. right. Toronto Maple Leafs are desperately in need for a blue line and probably goaltending because who knows how long Anderson is going to be He's a U.S. stable, after, after, right? After but even even if they resign him, how long he'll be stable? I mean, let, you know, he he lets them uh, he lets them not softies, but I feel like he had a lot of stoppable saves in that that play around that that could have swung momentum. But anyway, I, I digress. What, what if we make a play if Kyle Dubas is looking to switch things up? Because, like you said, Toronto, uh, Mike, you said from the beginning, Toronto has just been bad luck central for the past fifteen years. It's either they don't make the playoffs or they're out in the first round. What if we try to make a deal with the Leafs? Well, I, on paper, I love the thought, but the guy I would want from Toronto is William Nylander. He's got, he's only making $6.9 million for like four more years, and he only plays, like he's not really a true center. And that's, you know, obviously, Mitch Martin is a true center. Um, 
I don't know if I'm touching more than 11. Granted, mm-hmm. no, Eichel makes 10, but that $1 million is a salary. Oh, it's a huge difference. Um, uh, if the one problem, and it, it's just they don't have the center to trade the Rangers at a number on the right. And Let's just say it was the, if Nylander was a center, D'Angelo for Nylander makes perfect sense. Or if Lafreniere was a center and you said, let's go get away for him, it, it makes all the sense in the world. Yeah, assuming they don't take the big swing, and that's something that I don't know if they're going to do that quite yet. Like, what do you think their offseason will look like, Joe? Um, it's what the, the, the biggest question of the offseason is Longquist, but if let's say Longquist stays, Longquist stays at 14 million cap space, um, I think that means your gear has to be moved. Um, just, just a numbers game, and you're not doing the three goalie things all next season. And you can't insult Alexander Georgiev instead of the Hartford for a year. Like, you, you just can't do that. Um, so to me, that, that offseason is, I think D'Angelo stays and you look to upgrade that 2C. I, I think the second center spot, now that Lafreniere is, I, I do not think they're going to go off the board and take Byfield. I would be stunned. You take the best player, it's Lafreniere. Um, you take Lafreniere, you have your wing set up. I think the play is to trade, you know, Butnevich, and don't that. Let's see where that second first round pick falls in here. Um, if let's say Carolina loses uh, in the first round and they're picking at twenty, there's reports that Anton Lundell, the center of Sweden, that the Rangers really like him. Maybe you package Butnevich with twenty to move up to ten or eleven and get that center. Um, Jeff Gordon. It's like being a GM in NHL 20. He has, he, he has everything. He has, he has prospects. He has young players in the roster for cheap. And he has draft picks. He has so many different strings he could pull. This will be fascinating to see what they do. Because um, there's so many directions they could go. My one question is, this is a bit of a joke here, but I'm curious how this like, anyway, they could hoodwink, win, hoodwink Winnipeg again and get something of value off of them again. <laughs> Yeah, hey, Mark Leifley or Kyle Connor, hello. Listen, uh, Jeff Gordon also has a a lot of forward thinking to doing because of the expansion draft as well. Let's not forget what? that Seattle Kraken will be taking one of our roster. <laughs> Brett <players>. Houghton. <laughs> well, right. So it is. So it is Brett Houghton in my mind, but he runs the risk if you start moving a lot of guys now that someone he gets a value for Bushnevich that he can't protect. So, I mean, there's a lot of players he has to protect on top of, you know, Lafreniere, right? I, I I can only imagine what kind of forward thinking he needs to have. So let's say he, he gets rid of Georgiev and Bushnevich for a value and he can't protect them. What happens? The Seattle Kraken go, well, why would we take Howden when we can take this guy? So I, I wonder if this offseason is a lot quieter than we think. Granted, there are some moves that need to be made. Um, you know, and I agree with Joe that, that Georgiev is by far probably one of the ones that needs to be made. But I, I wonder if it's for like picks so that it, there's nothing really for Seattle to grab. Because at the end of the day, if you, if you get something for Georgiev and you have to protect all these players with no trade clauses and all your top guys and your, your high prospects, like what you're left with is probably what you traded for. And it would be pretty, it'd be a big slap in the face if, 
the Kraken don't go for Howden and they go for someone that Gordon just acquired that he liked for the team. So it may be quieter than you think. Well, we also need to know what the expansion draft rules are because they are they operate similar to what the Vegas rules were. The Rangers are benefiting from the fact they're so young because they won't have to naturally protect guys like Adam Fox or Kako or Lafreniere or Hedl or stuff like guys like that. They really have to protect their goal thunder, who's going to be in your big guys like your Panarins, your Zabanajads, your Criders, like. Like, based on the way the composition of the roster is right now, like Brett Allen is one of the top guys they could get, and that could fluctuate a little bit if you bring in one big guy. And you know, but then again, you're not protecting Pavel Buchnevich. That's something else you got to factor in there. Right. Now, I think that I mean, today changes everything for Jeff Gordon. Everything. I mean, like you no, know, we kind of said before. You know, he went. I'm going to assume, I don't know this, I'm not in the draft room, the Rangers have been running mock drafts for months, that they were slotted in at 10, 11, 12. Um, you, you can't assume that you're getting number one. You just can't do that. Now, that draft room is very different. And, you know, when Jeff, when Jeff Gordon and John Davidson sit down to project next year's roster, all of a sudden, they have a, a Top nine winger. I want to say six, but let's just be a top nine winger. They did not plan on having that will make the roster. Like, there's no way Brock Lopin here is not on the roster. So they have to do a little bit of gymnastics here now to see who's the odd man out. Um, and But the fact that they're going to get this skilled of a player on ELC for three years on top of you know, the quote-unquote salary cap issues they're having right now makes our jobs a lot easier because they just got a guy that's going to put up, you would hope, 40 points next year for nothing. Yeah, this is all very fascinating stuff. I'm going to be very intrigued to see how this all goes for the Rangers this last season. Guys, I want to thank you for coming on taking the, and appreciate spending a few minutes with me discussing the Immediately follow this Lafreniere thing. A very exciting day for Rangers fans. A very exciting day for me because it how to take my mind off the fact that my base, my baseball team lost by nearly two touchdowns to the Washington baseball team. What about Marcus Stroman? Don't remind me about that one either. Well, let's just also thank Stephen Colfo uh, <laughs> coming on today and defending his case uh, for the New York Rangers to uh, really. Oh yeah, it's really a shame that they're not playing the Boston Bruins tomorrow night. I'm really upset about that. Hey, you know what? Like, I think you got to get over it. You got you got a chance to build a dynasty Bruins here. Bruins in four. Bruins in four. Yeah, the Bruins would have swept them. No question. Because like, we saw how they played against Carolina. They That team, like, Carolina was just too good for them. And the Bruins are better than Carolina by a lot. I mean, and, and that's the thing that, like, we're a cup team. We're not a cup team. We're closer today than we were if we're still playing Boston. And I think it, if you're a Ranger fan today, and you're not smiling, consider watching golf or something. I don't know if it's not. Hey, the PJ Championship was exciting this weekend, Joe. I, 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 I'm sure Dan Martini had a great weekend. He did. I even watched the end of it. I was impressed. Colin Morikawa had a hell of a run there. I'm not a big golf star, but there was that uh, young guy that's like a beefy dude. Uh, he's got a weird name. He looked pretty good. Yeah, he was pretty good. I want to thank you guys for coming on. Give you a chance to plug your social media. Pete, what, how about you? 
You can follow me on Twitter at PJContadori29 and Instagram, PeterJ392. All right, Joe, how about you? Uh, you can find me at uh, Twitter, J underscore Choppy, and if you hear a loud man screaming through the streets of your neighborhood, it's probably me. All right, so we're wearing a mask, Fair. though, I would assume correct. Uh, oh, of course, I have a mission, mission mask. They're, they're great, and uh, yeah, please be safe out there, but yeah, I, I think Ranger fans need to crack a beer tonight out a little fun. And uh, I know the draft's October. I've got the exact date. Uh, but it's going to be – this is going to be a special decade for the New York Rangers. And I think they just mentioned that. It will be a fun decade for the Rangers. I want to thank you guys for coming on. And I will say stay tuned next uh, later in this week. The baseball piece coming on. We're going to catch up on what's going on this crazy baseball season. Yankees, Mets stuff as well. Also going to do some pop culture on the podcast, talking a little game shows with our pop culture correspondent, Sam DeRosa. Hashtag for this episode, I think it's got to be Joe Stradamus. What do you think? Uh, I want to say hashtag thank you, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll put them both in. Hashtag Joe Stradamus, hashtag thank you, Steve. Those are, those are our two hashtags for this episode. Feel free to your... Yeah. And, they, and also... Hashtag, hashtag Pete says, how are we going to pay for him? <laughs> <laughs> And Mike, we got to thank you too. Don't thank us. You're the yeah, best. of course. Hey, this is a lot of fun. And it is hopefully, you know, maybe next year we'll be talking about a deep playoff run. Maybe the year after that, we'll talk about the cup. But up, up next, that's the episode's coming up next week. Feel free to subscribe to the podcast, all the, your usual suspects. Leave your feedback and starring as well. But until then, hope you have a better day than the Met fans did. This has been the Just End the Suffering Podcast. I'm out.